live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not issuing a primary challenge against Joe Biden. Check it out. Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips makes it official. He is running for the Democratic nomination. Come on, man. Uh, This comes at a time when new polling shows Biden's support amongst Democrats down by 11 percent. Oh, I'm in trouble. Buckle up, girlfriend. We got a rowdy Friday coming your way. Shannon Bream is going to be here. The bell of the cable news ball. The very host of Fox News Sunday. <laughs> Ryan Reese in the house as well. Ryan uh, was the host of my one-hour stand-up special that I shot for Fox News. Uh, it'll debut in January on Fox Nation. Uh, you'll all get a chance to see it. And uh, Ryan will tell you all about that today, and we'll obviously get into the state of the world, because Ryan, when I first started out doing comedy, uh, was a guy I toured the country with playing colleges. And as unfathomable as this is to imagine now, there was a time when colleges were considered the best audiences because you could say anything you wanted to them. You are so full of sh- No, I'm not kidding. Like, if you're talking about, like, 05, 06, 07, colleges were actually really loose. That's why you played them. It was actually a lot of fun. It was the smartphone and the incentivized outrage era of social media that really changed the fabric of colleges into safe spaces and trigger warnings and everything in between. Uh, but if you are a fan of free speech, I guess there's good news because they're back to saying anything on colleges again. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell the truth about biology and say men can't have babies, but if you're out there yelling that, you know, Hamas are the good guys. Apparently, you're welcome to come on down. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know, uh, but we'll discuss all of it today. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the show, uh, that has one rule each day. Uh, be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent, anything you want to be, man. Remember those old Army commercials? Be all that you can be that whole thing okay be any of those things just don't be a there it is happy friday here we go girlfriend uh an update on the songs all right first and foremost stop messaging me i am not i am not answering song emails i i told you this two days ago if you missed it we play a lot of song parodies on the show they're very popular and that's a great thing and we're flattered by the interest everyone has shown in them uh, through no fault of us or Fox, uh, more importantly, because, you know, they keep the lights on, pay the bills around here. Uh, we have taken them out of the rotation momentarily. We are working to find a solution to bring them back into the rotation. But the concern was there are people out there because the show has gotten big enough and the songs have gotten popular enough. There were concerns that people might want to sue us or something. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, the good news is that's not how they've done us. And the better news is we are going to do everything we can from a legal standpoint to make sure we get them back into the rotation. So there you have it. Happy Friday. And uh, if you want to talk more comedy, uh, just a couple of dates. Uh, We have confirmed. Tickets are on sale for all of these now. Uh, We're going to be in Tyler, Texas again. We're actually going to be in 
Ooh, Texas Music City Girlfriend. December the 9th, Lincoln's coming. My brother Mike's coming. So if you want to meet the Fala Boys, uh, December 9th in Texas is the gig uh, for all the KTBB listeners out there. And uh, the other dates still hold. Everything is confirmed. We will be spending uh, Thursday, uh, excuse me, Saturday, the 11th of November at the Stanley Theater in Utica. Uh, We will be spending Thursday, November the 16th, at the Patriot Awards down in Tennessee. Uh, And you'll see me Friday and Saturday that weekend at the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. Uh, December marks our triumphant return to the Carson Nugget. That's Saturday night, December the 2nd. The 9th, I already told you, is in Texas. And, of course, the 16th, I'm at the Palm Beach Kennel Club down in Palm Beach, Florida. So if you want a piece of any of that action, uh, get your tickets now. Come hang out with your radio buddy. In the meantime... Let's talk a little Dean Phillips, because I just found this really funny that he's throwing his hat in the ring. Biden sucks. Well, that is apparently the reason why, because Dean Phillips, uh, you might not know a lot about him. I mean, I certainly don't. Uh, But Dean Phillips is a congressman from Minnesota, has previously spoken very glowingly of Joe Biden in the past. But I think the last few months of public mishaps, you know, Biden wandering out of meetings early, introducing himself the other day before the guy could come out and give him his intro at the press conference. I keep forgetting I'm president. Okay, the guy's a mess, and I think he's read the tea leaves. He realizes Gavin Newsom is also running, which is why he's over there hanging out with Xi Jinping in China and stopping by Israel. There's no reason for the government of California, the governor of California, to be standing in the forbidden city in Beijing unless he's actually there for another gig, you understand. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. But, I mean, you don't need a good eye to know that, okay? Dean Phillips also reading the tea leaves and realizes there's no way this guy's going to be on the card for much longer. I am am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness. I mean, Joe Biden's a mess. So here is the Dean Phillips ad uh, kicking off and announcing the run. It's clip one. We've got some challenges, that's for sure. We're going to repair this economy, and we are going to repair America as long as we do it together. I'm Dean Phillips, and I approve this message. Whoa! Now, he said improve this economy. But we were told by the White House the economy is doing great. That is a fact check false. Dude, when you look at, okay, Biden's handling of the key issues, the economy, the border, crime, You understand foreign policy. He's underwater by nearly 20 points in every one of those categories. Biden is such a disaster. Literally. okay, he's underwater by 20 points in the things that matter to you. Inflation, the economy. Okay, whether or not your family is safe. And it's really hard for anybody to feel safe right now. We're monitoring another ongoing shooting situation up in Maine where we still haven't found this dirtbag. And we're also dealing with the reality that. We've got this flood Brooklyn for Gaza event this weekend and all the crazy college uprisings around the country where people are choosing for Hamas instead of actually choosing Israel. I mean, that is disgusting. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, the country's a mess. Okay, if you remember when Biden was running for president, he said he was running because it was a battle for the soul of our nation. It's a battle for the soul of our nation. The racism's getting out of control under Trump. And now Biden's the president, and we're being told that Jewish people need to stay inside for their own safety. 
I kind of feel lied to. I'm not, I got to be honest. I think he's got a point. <laughs> a little bit of false advertising there. Uh, nothing, you know, says racism is under control like every college in the country, you know, chanting death to Israel. Okay, and when you look at the Biden polling, that's another reason why he fell 11 points in the past month. Okay, understand, Biden's approval rating amongst Democrats is 75%. We are living in such a hyper-partisan time. People usually approve of their own guy no matter what, just to stick it to the other guy and try to hold up the approval rating. Biden is a political orphan in this moment. Tell him like it is. Okay, understand, for whatever you think of Donald Trump, it's not the point of this discussion, but at the height of COVID, at the height of two impeachments, Okay, Donald Trump was still polling at about 94 percent in his party. Okay, the party stuck by him. The party believed in him. Joe Biden, when it comes to his party, is in a historically bad place. And when you see that his rating went down 11 points in the last month, you can't help but wonder if it's because he has, to his credit, said the right things about supporting Israel and them being a key ally in our region. Okay, when you look at Gen Z... When you look at millennials, this is an NPR, PBS NewsHour Maris poll, for only 48% of them say the U.S. should be supporting Israel. Okay, 48%, 48% of millennials think the U.S. should be supporting Israel. They're crazy. Okay, they're stupid is what they are. They speak in the reductive language of identity politics, where someone told them Israel was an oppressor. And Hamas was oppressed, and that's all they needed to know. They don't need to understand. Well, they're occupiers, really, because Israel was there thousands of years before they showed up. Okay? It's a genocide by Israel, really, because they didn't attack anybody. (laughs) They were actually attacked with paragliders and missiles. 500 rocket launches in the past two weeks as we keep telling us Hamas is running out of aid and resources. Okay, for some reason, they never run out of rockets. It's almost like, I don't know, maybe they're taking the money we give them and spending it on other things. Correct the mundo. Seriously, we're handing terrorists money and going, now do us a favor, people who said they want to blow us up. Do us a favor. We're going to give you some money, people who said they want to blow us up. Promise us, pinky swear, you're not going to use it to try to blow us up. And they're like, okay, pinky swear. And we're like, all right, here you go. Here's the money. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So I don't see how any side can approve of Biden. Because if you're dumb enough to support Hamas, okay, he is obviously arming the other side. Okay, and if you're smart enough to support Israel, he is obviously arming the other side. You understand? We're arming both sides of this conflict. It's no different than Ukraine. So this guy is a disaster, okay? The country itself domestically is out of control. Okay, core inflation was up 3.7% last month. They keep telling us the economy's working. No, come on, the economy's working. Bidenomics, I'm telling you. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. They're like, no, no, spending's up. Yeah, because everything costs more. We're not buying more goods. We're just paying more money for them. You understand, I root for the country. I don't care who the president is. I just root for the country. Okay, I want the president to do well. Okay, I vote for people who I believe their policies align with my vision for this country. But if I lose the election, I don't sit around going, well, I hope these next four years suck just so I can prove everybody wrong. 
Okay, that's not how I live my life. I'd like a family. I got a dog. <laughs> it's like, I, like I have fun. I don't want to sit here mad about politics. It's exhausting. Oh, God, it's terrible. Okay, but even if you are one of those people who lives that other life where you just want to root against the country because your guy didn't win, well, you're in luck because the country ain't working out right now. Okay, Joe Biden is not governing like our 46th president. He is governing like our very last president. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, you've got nearly 10 million people across the southern border at a time when the other side of the world is vowing to blow us up. We've imported hundreds of thousands of people from regions that are a breeding ground for terror groups. We've got 100,000 people who've gotten away. We don't know who they are. We don't know what, where they went. We don't know what they want to do here. This could be a problem. For that alone, I mean, I throw a guy in jail, if you could, for endangering the country to the extent that he has. But then you talk about the economy. You talk about the price of gas being $2 higher. I mentioned the core inflation. And you look at this and realize, understand, okay, that with our country $33 trillion in debt and the average American having to turn tricks behind the supermarket to pay for groceries in the age we're living in. What the hell did you just say? Listen, man, you haven't seen the prices in the bread aisle. But knowing all of those things are in play and people are struggling here and on a generational level. Okay, inflation under Biden hit the highest rate in 40 years under this guy. Gas prices hit the highest rate ever. Okay, fentanyl poisoning deaths because of his indifference to the southern border, highest rate ever. And with all that going on in our country, $33 trillion in debt, what is he doing right now? He's trying to send another $60 billion to Ukraine. And yes... Obviously, more money will be sent over to Israel, and we stand with Israel. And it doesn't mean we don't support Ukraine. We don't need Putin trampling the region, you understand. But at some point, you have to start concerning yourself with our region. Yes, these countries were invaded, and yes, that sucks. But our country's been invaded for the better part of three years, and nobody's done anything. So if you wonder why Dean Phillips is running for president out of Minnesota— It's because he had the same revelation the rest of us have had for the past three years. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of nugenics thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Friday, but you don't get Lincoln Fallon on the show. You don't, that's no, it's not going to happen today. I apologize. I'm sick and tired of all of this bullshit. Don't get mad. Uh, he does not have a game tomorrow. Their final game of the season has been moved to Monday. They are playing this Monday against uh, Roosevelt. It's a serious one. That's where Chuck D and Flavor Flav from Public Enemy are from. That's a serious team right there. And uh, the Link Man will be cutting eighth period on Monday to call into the show because that's the kind of terrific parent I am. So you'll get your dose of Lincoln this coming Monday. In the meantime, you'll have to settle for the, as he says it, slightly less talented member of the Fela family. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Uh, let's talk about it. Ron DeSantis will be back on the show again next week. Uh, he was great the first time he was on the show. We act, To be clear, you know, everything we do on the show is a little different because it's not a super serious, you know, I'm not like a political science major. Or, you know, I watched Weird Science, you know, where they make the girl and they give her the bigger boobs. and the, Hubba, hubba. Okay, that's kind of the, you know, it's kind of the hook here. It's a pretty light show. But to DeSantis' credit, he was good on the show. Like he came on, we talked about his favorite Rocky movie, and he knew every line to every film. And then obviously I asked him what his favorite Disney movie was. He punched me in the face. I'm kidding. He was a great interview. He was a great hang. He showed a lot of personality. And uh, he's getting a lot of, it's weird, like the Republican candidates are going on CNN. Okay? They're willing to go on MSNBC. And the reason why is because they're very confident in their ideas. If you've been paying attention at home, okay, you got to look at politics right now, the last 10 years of politics. Look at it like a street fight, okay, where one guy is actively trying to get to the other guy, and the other guy is kind of acting like, you know, can't engage. He's getting held back, okay? And that's what it's been for the last 10 years. It's basically the Republicans are like, no, let's debate the issue. And the Democrats are like, I'm not debating a racist. I'm not debating some transphobe or election denier or climate skeptic or vaccine skeptic. I'm not going to give you a platform, even though the Democrats have been all of those things. I mean, they're wildly racist right now in terms of how they're treating Israel. It's disgusting. Okay, they were certainly vaccine skeptics if you paid any attention to the 2020 election. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, <laughs> who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Okay, you so can be the first one to say, "Put me, sign me up." So they've clearly been vaccine deniers at one point, uh, election deniers. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Oh, get out of here. And when it comes to the climate, they're not climate deniers. They just have no idea what they're talking about. First, they said we were going to freeze to death. (laughs) Then they said it was going to be global warming. We were going to (laughs) melt. Now they just say it's climate chaos. It's changing. (laughs) The only consistency in terms of their message when it comes to the climate has been. Please give us money. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
doing the dang thing at 888-788-9910. Shannon Bream is coming by. We're excited about that. Ryan Reese is going to be here as well. Fantastic comedian. Ryan opened up my stand-up special on Fox Nation, and he opens for, if you're a comedy fan, he opens for the great David Tell on the road. Uh, He has also drank more wine in my backyard than I have. Uh, it's probably smoke more cigars in my backyard, too. It's a, Ryan's a bit of a mess, uh, but he's what a comic is. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. So. Stop it. It's a great way to go through life. But right now, it's just some you and me time. 888-788-9910 if you want in on the shindig. Uh, the discussion right now centers around what's happening down in colleges. Uh, let's head over to Tulane University where some real dirtbag stuff happened yesterday. Okay, what's going on on the campuses, straight up, is just gross. It's disgusting. Okay, what is happening on college campuses? And thankfully, 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 uh, what's happening to colleges is what happened to a lot of public schools during the pandemic. Do you remember how during the pandemic all the kids were learning from home? over laptops, and their parents were now basically in the classroom with them because we were all working under one roof because none of us could leave our house unless we had pledged to loot a Nike store on behalf of some type of racial justice. Otherwise, you had to stay home. Like, can't go to church, can't go to work, can't go to school, can't go on a date. Oh, oh, you're rioting? No, no, come on out. Come on out. And they did that. Don't ever forget that they did that. Okay? I don't point it out. Because it was a policy that favored liberals. I pointed out because it was a policy that was bull****. That's why I pointed out. Okay? Whether you're Republican or Democrat, that's not science. That's political science. And it undermined faith in public health initiatives. Like, heaven forbid, this government right now, right now, had to issue some type of guidance. Hey, we're the government. You all need to do this. Are they going to be able to get most people to listen? The answer would be no. No, they have destroyed faith in our public health initiatives. Okay, and a a lot of that could be blamed on Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Maybe so, but if you've seen the lengths he's gone to to cover up the origins of the virus and our involvement in funding gain-of-function research and how he threatened to withhold endowment money from other scientists if they told the truth about the virus, you start to think like Rand Paul a little bit when it comes to Fauci. He should be behind bars! But the point is, during that pandemic, public schools were subjected to a level of scrutiny they hadn't been previously subjected to because most parents were at, at work and the kid would come home from school. They'd come home from school. They'd help with the homework. They'd hear about what was going on. But they really didn't have a feel for just how hard public schools were failing our students. And you started to see in a post-pandemic world, you started to see school board meetings get a little more populated, bigger public turnouts, especially when they started implementing, you know, transgender restroom access for biological men in women's rooms. Okay, don't ever forget this government did this to us. Down in Loudoun in, Loudoun in Virginia, a male student identifies as a female, rapes a girl in the women's room. What did the school do? They transferred him to another school because they didn't want to upend that month's pride initiative and cause chaos around this bathroom policy. What did he do then? Raped another girl. Okay, the father of girl number two shows up to a school board meeting, as you'd imagine, pretty passionate about the issue. Doesn't punch anybody, doesn't hit anybody, 
but does ultimately get tackled to the ground and dragged out of there, at which point Biden's DOJ and Merrick Garland draft a memo identifying school board parents as a domestic terror threat. That happened. That's true. That is true. Think about how disgusting that is. But again, it was the end result of them trying to push back a little bit on all the sudden scrutiny of the public school system. Why? Because the teachers union is the biggest single lobbying arm of the Democratic Party. So the Biden administration does look out for the teachers. Fine. Uh, But we need somebody to look out for the students. At some point, that would be nice, too. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But as people started to pay more attention to public schools, what ultimately happened, the people who could afford it started to put their kids in private schools because they saw a better quality of education. They also saw the private schools remained open during the pandemic and nobody had a big outbreak of COVID. You know who else saw that? Democrats, like the Gavin Newsom's of the world who kept sending their kids to private school even while they were telling us that we needed to keep the public schools closed. No, no, it's not safe to go to school. You can't go. Something bad could happen to your kid. Stay home. All right, I got to run. I got to drop my son off. He's late for homeroom. And that's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. But you understand, as we paid more attention, we were like, this is some BS. Okay, when it comes to colleges, they're now starting to be subjected to that same level of scrutiny. Major donors are now starting to realize what their money is going towards. In the last three weeks, colleges have blown sky high. Everything they claim to be fighting for, all of their credibility is gone. Safe spaces, safe spaces. You got to watch what you say. It might upset somebody's feelings. So this college is a safe space. Okay, that was brought to you by the schools that are now cheering to kill the Jews. That are now allowing people to burn the Israeli flag like they did at Tulane University yesterday. And when kids in the in the safe space piped up about having their flag burnt, what did the pro-Palestinian protesters do? Jump out of a pickup truck and start hitting them with a flagpole at the safe space, you know? This whole, you know, you can't wear a certain costume, that's racist. But, I, you know, we don't want to upset a, any particular ethnicity, but you can call for the full elimination and annihilation of the entire Jewish race. That's out the window. Okay, but bigger than all of the hypocrisy is the lack of a quality education. If college kids think that Hamas is somehow the good guys, somehow the victims— College kids are weapons-grade stupid. Bingo. And if you are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into a college because you believe in the value of education and you yourself are the beneficiary of an education at that school and you've used it to aspire to spectacular financial prosperity, I could see wanting to donate to the school so other people could travel on a road that was better paved by guys like you. But the reality is these guys are sending money into colleges and the kids aren't getting a better education. The colleges are just getting more administrators. They're getting new departments. We need a department of, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion. We need a department of climate justice. We need a department of trans acceptance for three spirit cows who identify as boys on Tuesdays, girls on Thursdays. They're not sure on Fridays. So we're going to start an extra department for that, too. That's what's going on right now. Colleges are a very, very expensive daycare where these kids have been coddled and treated like children. But when they don't get their way, they scream and throw fits. 
Okay, naturally, with the quality of education suffering and everything being reduced to the language of identity, politics, victim, you know, victimhood, oppressor, oppressed, colonizer, you know, that whole stupid garbage. Okay, it's created a nation full of stupid college kids who have the emotional discipline of children willing to blow everything up and burn it down if they don't get their way. And they happen to think in this moment that they're not getting their way. They're not correct. Like if you're out there at one of these protests with one of these LGBTQ plus for Gaza, okay, there's not a member of the LGBTQ plus community that would survive a half hour in Gaza. If you throw a gay wedding in Gaza, as someone wrote in my Twitter feed, they're going to throw you a rooftop after party and not the kind you'd enjoy. Okay, but you understand these college kids think they're supporting the right side. I'm like, dude, you're supporting the side that hates you. They hate America. They don't share our values. You can tell me that Gaza, you know, the Hamas doesn't represent the people. Yes, it does because they voted for it. And I understand it's a more precarious election when a terror group is on the ballot. They are going to get a higher percentage of the turnout. It's like Vladimir Putin. I'm not telling you it's a completely legitimate election. But I am telling you they were raised and indoctrinated in a society and a system that doesn't share our values. They want to erase the existence of Jewish people. When they say two-state solution, okay, Hamas doesn't want a two-state solution. Hamas supporters don't want a two-state solution. They are chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. Do you know what falls between the river and the sea? All of Gaza, all of Israel, and the entire West Bank. Does that sound like just Israel, you get a state, we get a state? The answer would be no. No. So everybody out there screaming that, no, this is just about a two-state solution. I mean, dude. What would you do with a brain if you had one? And so the scrutiny coming to college campuses is justified. People are starting to say to themselves, hey, why am I blowing all this money? It's a lot of money. Okay, I can tell you in one of the funniest things you hear in TV, if you work in TV, behind the scenes in TV, at some point everybody starts to ask why they have an agent to begin with. That happens. A lot of people are like, well, they don't do anything. We're paying them so much money. That's like the th- everybody says that. Everybody, it's, it's the funniest thing in the world. At some point, everybody you know who works in TV is like, God, I'm, what am I spending all this money for? I have no idea. Okay, but it's a thing. It's just something you do. Okay, but that's what endowments were. It was a thing. It was something you did. Well, I went there. I'm worth a few hundred million. I'm on my third wife. There's only so many Ferraris I can buy her before the fourth wife gets here. So I don't know. Maybe I'll put my name on a library. Here's 10 million bucks. And that's how endowments work. Straight up. Okay, you feel some level of guilt about your success. I am not successful to feel uh, the type of guilt that would allow me to donate money to Nassau Community College where I attended school. They wouldn't take it. They'd want a bag of weed. But the point is, uh, I don't have that guilt, but I have ascended to a level of prosperity where as a former cab driver, I have survivor's guilt when I'm driven around in a cab. You've heard me say this on the show before. I tip cab drivers to the point that they think I am romantically interested in them. Straight up. Here is everything I have. I feel so guilty. Uh, And I shouldn't. I worked to get here, but that's just reality. What a lot of these guys felt towards college campuses five years ago or ten years ago was, hey, okay, it was appreciation. Hey, this place helped me get to where I am now. Here's a bunch of money. But now they're in a place where they don't see how the college could possibly be helping anyone except these vile, vulgar idiots who want to help Hamas eliminate the Jewish race. 
So you're starting to hear people, okay? Leon Cooperman, Columbia guy, hedge fund billionaire. Here he is talking about college kids, clip 17. I think these kids at the colleges have for brains. (laughs) We have one reliable ally in the Middle East, that's Israel. We only have uh, one democracy in the Middle East, that's Israel. Okay, and we have one economy tolerant of different people, you know, gays, lesbians, etc. And that's Israel. So they have no idea what these young kids are doing. I admire your honesty. He's not wrong. And this is the problem. Aaron Sorkin out in Hollywood, he just whacked his agents at CAA. CAA is the Hamas agency. Like if we were talking about agents earlier, half of CAA is like pro-Hamas. Like I'm not even kidding. Aaron Sorkin whacked CAA. Okay, the biggest, most decorated writers, producers in all of Hollywood, Aaron Sorkin. Nope. <laughs> he was like, his tweet is the greatest thing in the world. He's like, I don't know how it didn't dawn on anyone that we don't have Jewish people working in Hollywood, that they could just be openly trashing our race as if Hollywood was exclusively one religion. Okay, it's like the rest of America. It's every religion. And it does have a good amount of Jewish people, too. But the point is, okay, these people who are on the woke left, and that's what it really comes down to, and I do mean that, okay, there's a good percentage of society now that just votes and identifies with whatever crowd screams the loudest. And the one superpower of the woke left is they're willing to socially pressure anybody who who doesn't agree with them, pistol whip them into either playing along or getting canceled, okay? That's how they got biological men into women's dressing rooms. Okay, Riley Gaines speaks out about it now, but she said at the time when she was speaking at the University of Pennsylvania, the school gave them no choice. Hey, this guy's on the team now. He's going to dress with you guys. And he did. And he got naked in front of biological women. Yeah, exactly. There it is again. Okay, and they weren't told they couldn't speak up. Don't embarrass the university. We can't have an issue with transphobia here. And then when she started to speak up, what did they tell her? Oh, this is trans genocide. You're going to get people killed. That's the argument. That's the tactic. Agree with us or people will die. That's the tactic. And you understand a lot of people played along with that. Hey, get the vaccine or people will die. Well, I don't know because the vaccinated people are getting COVID and dying. Shut up. You're a murderer. I'll get the vaccine. And that's what they did. Okay. Hey, we're sending a lot of money to Ukraine. We're $33 trillion in debt. Can we get, like, an audit just to see what the money's going to? Hey, what do you want, Putin's side, you maniac? Shut up. Change your profile picture. Put a Ukraine flag in there now, you monster. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Hey, nothing for nothing. I've never been to a baby shower where a guy was pregnant. That's because you're a transphobe. And you're like, no, that's not what's But that's what's happening now. So the people on college campuses, the people in Hollywood that have played along with this charade, are basically pro-Hamas because they're being told they have to be. They don't know any better. They're stupid. Okay, the people who do think they know better, the people who are, you know, leading these self-righteous stampedes, okay, these are stupid people. They're stupid people. They don't understand what's happening. But they have been able to pistol whip people into compliance, but now they're getting subjected to a level of scrutiny because of just how bad the ideas are. Okay, and now for the first time in a generation, people who gave universities these juicy endowments are starting to rethink what the checkbook they pull out every spring because they realize it's not making the world any better. It's just going to fund a bunch of woke beliefs. Everything woke turns to 
critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the action. Ryan is in Columbus, Georgia. Ryan. Hey, Jimmy. Nice to talk to you. For sure, man. What a dumb time to be alive, huh? Um, Well, you know, you can just push on and move up. (laughs) (laughs) Keep playing good ball. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You're talking about these uh, protests on the campuses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can totally relate with that because they they don't know what they're protesting. I don't think they nope. get the whole story. They just hear what like you said on social media and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I think they're just out there protesting to get some TV time. You know, that fifty sec, fifteen seconds of fame. Well, what's funny that you say that because what it, it what it is it's 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 kind of that. It's more like fifteen minutes of campus fame in that. They want to be a part of, like, all the hip causes. It's like a branding exercise. It's like when people go and put the Ukrainian flag in their Twitter profile, half of the people couldn't find Ukraine on a map of Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? But they think it looks good. They're like, look at me. I'm with the good hip side. But that's the danger of social media, and that's the danger of, like, the groupthink at colleges. When you have a, you know, professor class that's 99.9% liberal, these are the ideas and the only ideas that are going to catch on. So you wind up, you know, latching on to them even quicker than you would if there was some type of counterpoint, you know? Yeah. Well, see, I was going to go back to when um, I was on active duty from Mm – 1990 to 2010. Well, anyways, when we were going into Iraq to uh, take out Saddam Hussein, Mm -hmm. uh, before I got deployed, they in college campuses in San Diego, they were protesting. Oh, those are dirtbags. Ryan, I'm going to lose you to a commercial break. We have to finish this. Call me back again. What dirtbags? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, hot damn. Yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action for an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour of Fox Across America. The bell of the cable news ball, Shannon Bream, will join us right here. 888-788-9910 if you'd like to be her opening act. Uh, We're going to talk all things legal as she is not only the host of Fox News Sunday, but she is the highest authority in the land when it comes to the Supreme Court and certainly the judicial system in this country. Uh, she's also the author of the love stories of the Bible speak. How about the Shannon Bream? The sun never sets on the Shannon Bream media empire, uh, but it'll it'll go behind a cloud for about 10 minutes here on this show. Uh, but 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the action. Also, of course, the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the action. You're an idiot! Yeah, you can call me anything you want. It's Friday. I don't care. Uh, it's been a rough week out there. Uh, I have to tell you, man, 2024 election, if you're paying attention, you know, we're always told it's the, it's the most important election of our lifetime. And, you know, that's, that's the same refrain every single time. But we've never voted, I don't think, in my generation, under a set of circumstances this dire 
You know what I mean? We've had border problems in the past, uh, you know, not at these levels ever in the history of the country. You know, we've had, you know, drug problems in the past. I was here for the 80s when we had these, you know, the crack problem in New York City. They actually had this is so crazy. They had a giant billboard, not even a billboard. It was a on a handball court in up in Harlem on the Harlem River Drive. They had a giant mural that said crack is whack. And it was graffiti, but it was a way of reminding the people in the neighborhood, hey, don't get into that. It's bad news. Here's some cool graffiti telling you not to do it, almost like a just say no. Well, now under this administration, we've gone from crack is whack to crack is free. They're now giving away crack pipes. Biden is such a disaster. They're like, no, no, it's better. You don't understand. It's this way it's safer. It's the way they do the drugs safer. Okay. So you have a free crack pipe, you have a vending machine with drug paraphernalia in it, and where do you stick it? In the middle of a neighborhood. Okay, so what does it bring? Junkies everywhere. Kids got to walk by. There's now higher crime. There's more prostitution to get their hands on that drugs. There's more physical robberies and altercations to procure money and drugs. Okay, but we went from crack is whack in my neighborhood to crack is free. Like, that's psychotic. But again, just one of the other dire circumstances confronting the country as we head into the 2024 election. Okay, then you've got the inflation issue. Highest rate since Jimmy Carter. That's a big deal. We're on the precipice of, I don't know, maybe World War III right now in the Middle East. We're getting attacked now over 16 separate times by Iranian-backed proxies. Thankfully, yesterday, we did launch a couple of airstrikes in Syrian space, and uh, we are thankful for those because we do need to show a set of balls on the world stage. <laughs> can I, I, I don't, can you say ball? Do you have to say cojones or sack? Whatever it is. Nards, nards. Okay, but the point is, okay, yes, we need to push back a little bit because we're getting abused and taken advantage of on the world stage. You've got to get mad. Okay, but we've never, again, as you look down the pike at the 2024 election, we've never had so many multifaceted disasters happening at once. Okay, we've had a financial collapse. Okay, the housing bubble burst heading into the Obama election in 2008. Okay, and we had that whole big bank bailout, the too big to fail fiasco. Okay, that was an issue. Okay, and very much a campaign defining issue in a lot of ways. It was also the tail end of the Iraq war, which wasn't very popular back home here in America because we were told that we were going there because Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. Still haven't quite found them. i got to be honest. You know, I believe the U2 saga. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I believe it was about the Iraq war. I might be wrong by a few decades in terms of when they recorded it. But the point is, okay, we've had these issues as singular events. But in my generation, my lifetime, I'm 21 years old. I kid. I'm... <laughs> 45. But in my generation, in my lifetime, okay, we've never faced all of these at once. So it's a very consequential direction in terms of of, uh, election, in terms of the direction we're going to go in. So we've been trying to the extent that we can, we invite everybody on this show. Okay, we had Tim Scott on this week. We had Nikki Haley on this week. Next week, DeSantis will be making his second appearance on the show. We've obviously reached out to Trump. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, He's got some (laughs) legal difficulties clogging the schedule at the moment right now. Doesn't exactly have a lot of free time between noon and three. I see Trump every day during my show. Unfortunately, I'm watching him on TV in a courtroom right now is what's happening. Okay, it is a wild time as we head into this election. And all I'm really trying to do. 
okay, is I'm trying to create a scenario for you guys, whether you're voting in a primary or you're voting in a general election, where you're voting for somebody. I don't have a particular person in mind because that's not my job. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. Okay, I'm the furthest thing from an activist. I am an inactivist, as Brian Brenberg once called me. I play video games. All I want to do is smoke a cigar on my patio and pet my dog. Bixby, that's a good boy. But the point is, when it comes to the election, we got into this position because in 2020, people didn't vote for Trump, okay? In the Democratic side, they voted against him, okay? People didn't vote for Biden on the Democratic side. They simply voted against Trump. Okay, on the Republican side, yeah, they voted for Trump. And a lot of them just voted against the Democrats. They didn't like the direction was going in. But the point is, Trump was the only guy in the election that people voted for. Okay, he was also the guy most people voted against. When it came to Biden, they didn't vote for Biden. Okay, be honest. Barack Obama thought so much of Joe Biden that after he served two terms of his vice president, he talked Biden out of running. In 2016. Tell him like it is. He did. That's how much he thought of Joe Biden after having him as a vice president for eight years. He told Joe was like, hey, Barack, I want to run now. And he was like, the answer would be no. Nope. It's Hillary's turn. And he told him to step aside for Hillary. And that's what happened. Okay, so when Biden somehow miraculously found his name on the ticket heading into the 2020 election, it was not a circumstance anyone had foreseen, especially the members of his family who had cashed out on his time in government and seemed to sell quite a bit of access in the tail end of the Obama administration. Apparently, Biden was like, well, not going to be president. Barry ain't letting me run. Hillary's stepping in the way. She's fired up. I don't feel no ways tired. So I guess me and Hunter go make a couple of side bucks and cash out on all this access. Hunter's a dirtbag. And that's what they did. It seems to have made a ton of money for the Biden enterprise. Okay, but lo and behold, going into the 2020 election, okay, because Hillary lost in 2016, that threw the whole thing up in the air. And then COVID happened, and lo and behold, Biden actually had an opportunity to win the election uh, and come out on top on election night. Wrong. Well, yeah, probably not an election night. It took a few days. <laughs> took a few days later, but Biden eventually won the thing. Wrong. All right, well, whatever. The point is, it's a very heavily contested outcome. We voted it in an unprecedented manner. But the reality is, Joe Biden is your president right now. He was sworn in on January the 20th, 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And in the race to replace him, okay, we are now living on a political battlefield where for the first time in the 247-year history of our country— they are indicting their political opponents. And I'm not telling you Trump threw a perfect game in the aftermath of the election. I'm just telling you that this is unprecedented in the history of our country. But we're now dealing with a situation where not only has Trump been indicted on 91 counts, but the people who worked for him are now testifying against him like they would do in a RICO case. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they're doing them. And he is, you know, in a bit of trouble right now. Thankfully, in terms of his politics, every indictment has hardened his support. He has a massive lead on the base. Okay, but regardless of how this election shakes out, Trump guy, Biden guy, Haley guy, whoever you wind up voting for, Dean Phillips just threw his hat in the ring. He's primarying Joe Biden. Come on, man. That's a thing. Okay, RFK Jr.'s out there running. Marianne Williamson, that moon bat. And she's nuts. I've done some TV with her. Nuts. But the point is, I'm trying to create a forum 
between now and November of next year where you know these people personally. You're going to align with a lot of them politically, but we have to get to a place where we're voting for someone. Okay, we believe in the character of this individual. We believe in their conviction to follow through on their promises as opposed to campaigning on doing all the right things and then settling into the office and opening up the Venmo account for some donations. Money, 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 money. That's most of politics, okay? Everybody's going to save the country. Everybody's going to lower prices. and They're going to help you out. They're going to secure the border. Then they just get into office and they're like, oh, oh, oh. Please give us money. I just want money. So I need an election, and this is where I feel like our show would be doing a service to the American people, is if Election Day comes 2024 and whoever the nominee is, Republican and Democrat, Libertarian in between, uh, you are voting for someone. You're not voting against someone. Okay, I don't want you voting against someone because that's how we got where we were. People didn't like Trump's character, so they voted against him. They didn't vote for Biden because there was no reason to vote for Biden. The guy didn't campaign. Okay, he come out of his house because of COVID. They hid behind the variants, and there were more Elvis sightings in the summer of 2020 than there were Joe Biden sightings. Like, if you told people you saw Joe Biden, they didn't believe you. They're like, look at this kook in his tinfoil hat. He says he saw Joe Biden. Let me guess, was he hanging out with Bigfoot, huh? Hey, Billy, this jackass says he saw Joe Biden. You believe that? What would you do with a brain if you had one? Yeah, that's what they say to you. You didn't see Joe Biden. The guy came to his house like three times. He had the public appearance schedule of a groundhog. Okay, nobody cared. They were just mad at Trump. And the media had done an effective job as surrogates for the Biden campaign to convince people that we had to get rid of Trump. And again, I don't endorse Trump's character. I'm just a jackass most days. Okay, but I've known that my whole life. You know, Trump has always been a pugnacious a-hole, crass, bombastic, given to levels of bragging that are comical. You know, it doesn't mean I dislike the man. I'm just saying I'm at peace with his character because I grew up in New York and he's been a fixture in polite society here. What they did when he entered politics is all the people who hung out with him, all the people in both parties who took his political donations, all the celebrities that hung out on his show and had him on their shows. They entered this age of performative hysteria where they told us we were all going to die because Donald Trump was running for president. You know, NBC called him Hitler. I'm like, really? Because Hitler had a show on your network for 15 years. Think about that. When Trump won the election, the first episode after he won the election opened with Kate McKinnon dressed as Hillary Clinton singing the Leonard Cohen song Hallelujah on a piano. That was absolutely dreadful. Think about that. okay? Hallelujah. And they cried because a guy had been elected president who, are you ready for it, hosted the same show that year. Trump hosted Saturday Night Live. He had a primetime show on that network for 15 years. So this idea that he was suddenly running for president and the network was telling you he was an existential threat, I'm like, well, you owe that existential threat a lot of money, royalties and stuff for the rerun, so pay up. Okay, it was all a scam. But the point is, whether you like him or not, the country was exponentially better under Trump than it was under Biden. And you can't even tell me covid Because the truth is twice as many people died of COVID under Biden as they did under Trump. And that's with not one, but two, but three vaccines and a mandate that they told us was never going to happen in the first place. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. Wait on what? What? Hold on here. What? So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) No, but people didn't call him out for it. 
Oh, because be- politics had descended into a game of just voting against the other thing. And if you were filled with so much hate towards the other thing, you didn't care when Biden said there wouldn't be a mandate and then the next day threatened to fire you because there was a mandate. You didn't care that he said he would unite the nation and then got into office and said voter ID was guilty of Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Think about that. Okay, you didn't care. You were just voting against something. Okay, this time around, I just want a forum where you're going to vote for something. And you'll hear a lot of the candidates. And hopefully the end result of this will be an informed decision. And hopefully your decision is informed not just on who likes the same Rocky movies as you when they come on my show, but also has a good vision and the character to follow through on their promises. Because here's a newsflash, okay? This country is a mess. Like, I know America's supposed to be a shiny city on the hill. Right now, we're a fixer-upper on HGTV. So choose wisely, my friends, because we need it. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to run right back to the phones really quick. Heidi is in Freehold, New Jersey. Heidi! Hey! Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. How you been? Um, I met you in Newtown, PA. Heidi, I know everything about you. Okay. You do? Okay. Your son. I know I have, come on, what are you talking about? You oh, met this. me in Newtown, PA. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hear all this stuff about these these kids protesting on the universities. I, you know, I just want to go and kick their butts. <laughs> they need it, and though. Yeah, go ahead. They, they just, you know, you, they just don't get it. You know what they need? And I've, I've written to you about this. Mm-hmm. When my kid came home from college in 2020, graduated mm-hmm. from college, he was so liberal. I'm like, where the hell did this kid come from? Yep. We're from a, a, a family of immigrants we love the United States, very conservative Republicans, and he went off the deep end. Wow. Well, you know, and he went to a, a uh-huh. Catholic university. Wow. So he worked for me, uh-huh. and I put your show on every day, <laughs> and I deprogrammed Stop him. it! I am a deprogrammer <laughs> now. Hillary Clinton would be proud of me. I'm telling you. <laughs> All these kids that are protesting, they need to be locked up in a room from 12 to 3 every day to listen to you. It'll solve the problem. Boom. Heidi with the liner of the year, by the way, in there, Eric. Good stuff, Heidi. That's amazing. But I don't know that it would – it might solve that problem, but it would give them other problems. That's the hang-up here. Then they, they might start living my lifestyle, and I don't know <laughs> if that's any better. But seriously, it it really made a difference because then you know when they're when they're only told one side of mm-hmm. things for four years, mm-hmm. you know, and then yep. they come home and then they realize, hey, Republicans aren't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it usually converts a lot of people when they get their first job and they see how many taxes are coming out of their paycheck. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I see how this works now. <laughs> Everything sounds great when it's free. You know what I mean? Every, but nothing's yeah. free. And that's what we're learning. Just blows. It just blows my mind. Like I said, I come from a family of immigrants, all from Germany. We used to go to Germany on vacation. And mm-hmm. I remember 
coming home to the United States, and they used to play the national anthem when you landed. Oh, yeah. And people cried. Oh, it was Because nuts. They, they, you realize when you go somewhere else, yep. you, and you come back home to the United States, you realize how good you have it. Oh, Heidi, spot on. I can tell you this really quick, and then I'll let you go because we're going to have a commercial break. People used to get into my cab at JFK from other countries and cry because they had made it to America. And it was yeah. it was amazing because yep. they they were so distracted. I could take them the long way and make like three hundred extra bucks. <laughs> Heidi, I love you. Happy Friday, girlfriend. I'll see you soon. Love you too. You're Have a great weekend. There she goes making that money. USA. That'll be three hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Don't worry, the streets are paved with gold here, just like you read on the internet. Uh, Shannon Bream, host of Fox News Sunday, is about to class up this show something fierce. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, hot dang, you bet it is. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are joining us now on the program. You talk about an embarrassment of Radio Rich as the host of Fox News Sunday, a woman who was this close to becoming the next Speaker of the House. Uh, Shannon Bream is here. <laughs> Listen, who wasn't, Jimmy? <laughs> was like... If you're here in Washington, you're about to get called up into the next ballot. Hey, House Speaker was like this year's Ice Bucket Challenge. Do you remember where everyone did it and then had to nominate somebody else to do it? Exactly. <laughs> They're like, okay, I got voted down by eight people. You're up next, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad the ice water has dried off and you're in good spirits. Uh, I am. I will point the American people to one silver lining of all this house chaos. It was the first three-week period, I think, in the history of our lifetime that the government did cut spending. <laughs> yeah, this, the thing is, though, when anytime they do shut down operations here, everybody gets paid back eventually. Yep. With, so think, you may get a little break in the spending, but then it comes back with a vengeance. Oh, heck. This is like when I buy that TV with, like, no interest for a year, but then the interest rate's and 82%. And you better figure it out. Oh, man. Come on, Shannon Bream. But you don't ever do the extended warranty plans, do you? I don't. Are you a warranty? They I, show up on everything. Honestly, I bought something the other day that was, like, $12, and they're like, do you want the two-year extended warranty for $3? I'm like, no. <laughs> Oh, this thing costs $12. Why am I going to get that? And then the worst part is uh, you, if you pay with a credit card, you now get hit with a screen to tip them. And you're oh, in this, like, I know for everything. Everything. Pack of gum. I'm like, 30%? I got to tip you. And it's awkward because you're in like a standoff because they're and totally they're judging you. you. They've turned it around to you. Like, I did a self-checkout thing at some store in uh-huh. the airport where you literally just, you don't even see a human and go check out at yeah. the thing. And it wanted to tip. I'm like, am I tipping myself? <laughs> am I tipping the machine? I don't understand who's getting this tip. I've seen no humans since yep. I got here. You're tipping for your customer rating. That's how it works because it'll give you a better customer rating. All, all of it's linked. All of our digital trade and everything else. It's all, ext- right. it's all extorted. And here's the thing. I was talking to the listeners about this earlier. I have like a weird survivor's guilt as a former cab driver. So, right. Uh, and I say this, like when I take a taxi home or I get driven home from a Fox show, I am tipping the driver to the point that he thinks I'm romantically interested. <laughs> He's like, there are no happy endings on this cab ride. <laughs> there he is. He's sitting outside my house. That's not how this works. You know, but I don't know. He was excited. I got I to get bottles of wine dropped off now from the guy. I'm like, oh, Andre, no, I'm telling you. Uh, Shannon Bream, happy Friday. This is great for morale because um, the world is, of course, you a little dicey right now. But the question I wanted to throw at you is we were coming out of this pocket, and this is something that's resonated with me as a comedian. We were coming out of this pocket where you couldn't say anything on a college campus, and it suddenly seems like you can. Uh, 
Um, I, I don't like any of what's going on. But my question to you is, I know you'd obviously condemn it. Um, my question, though, is do you think these kids have unknowingly or maybe inadvertently triggered a newfound scrutiny from the donor class who are suddenly being awoken to what their money was going towards? It is so interesting to see that I think people who are giving 5 10 $15 million or more, like to the alma mater or to these places, are now coming back and saying, wow, if we can't even draw a line in the sand, like, hey, you can't be scaring Jewish students and mm-hmm. threatening them on campus, yeah. that I, as a successful alum of your school, decide that I'm not going to give you any more money. I mean, mm-hmm. I do think, um, listen, I'm all for free speech, and, and the Supreme Court, you know, which I cover, mm-hmm. and they are all for it to some of the most offensive stuff you would ever imagine, because that's how it works. The First Amendment is not for speech we all like and everybody's kumbaya about. So mm-hmm. I am for people being able to say and do just about anything as long as not threatening other people. Mm-hmm. But there are consequences to that. You can say and post and TikTok and tweet everything that you want to do, but there that does mean that you're putting yourself up there for potential consequences. And in the case of these schools where these alums feel like they have not been morally clear about their statements um, – you know, they're calling in those chips. Yeah, I mean, especially like it's when it's your, you're donating to people who might be calling for the extermination of your own ethnicity. Like, I got to tell you, if I find out that Nassau Community College is chanting, <laughs> get rid of the cable news guests who dress like an overweight figure skater, like, I'm going to take back, <laughs> I'm going to take back that 12 pack of beer I send them every year. I'm not, I'm not letting it happen. I mean, you don't want to throw good money after bad, you know, <laughs> like, save that 12 pack for somebody who shares your ideals. Thank you. Or at the very least, I'll buy a warranty. You see that? It's a callback. See? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if beer could come with a warranty. <laughs> some was, people would do that. Some. Well, listen to me. Some of the stuff I drank when I was a little younger, okay, Uh-oh. there's no way they would have, because it would have been a, would it be a like loser. Would be like a moonshine situation? Was this illegal? No, what I was going illegal? to, Shannon Bream, and this would make you, make you proud of. No, no, I was drinking. Um, Peach at a. <laughs> <laughs> there was a at, at our campus on Long Island, um, a place called that had nickel beer night, nickel oh beer night. Oh my! And what's funny is a lot of executives at the network where we work went to Hofstra on Long Island, and they're all aware of nickel beer night. Oh! And it's funny because all of those like rites of passage. Okay, because nickel beer night seems like a good idea until you're drinking the quality of beer they serve at nickel beer night. Yeah, no, not now. But as a kid, you're like, this is amazing. What could go wrong? A lot, apparently. A lot. (laughs) But the point is, yeah, my beer would not have they wouldn't have sold the warranty just because there would have been too many damages for them to cover. That was the point. That was the point. Yeah, you got to be looking ahead. Like, who's going to collect on this thing and what's it going to cost me? Thank you. Well, that's I say this all the time. Okay, there are certain things in life that you don't want to cheap. Like, everybody loves that ad for a $50 laser eye surgery till the cross-eyed... Oh, no, no. Yeah, then when the cross-eyed surgeon walks into the operating room... You're like, <laughs> you're like I'm going to kick up for the $75. <laughs> what do I... I'm not messing around. <laughs> Who does this for 75 That's funny. Uh, all right, give me one more, Shannon Bream, because you're here classing up the joint. Uh, what I'm watching happen down in Georgia looks like almost a RICO case. I know it's not quite the same thing, but essentially a lot of people who work with Trump in the aftermath of the election are now turning against Trump and testifying. Is that what they're trying to create, some type of pressure campaign with the jury? 
Well, listen, I think absolutely when you got 19, was it co-defendants on this mm-hmm. thing, you start flipping the small and you're trying to obviously work up to the big fish in this whole thing. And mm-hmm. so the fact that you've had several very ardent um, President Trump supporters now make their own plea deals and there, you know, there's talk of six or more who may be in conversation mm-hmm. with prosecutors now, um, that's tough for him because if everybody in the case gets their deal done and you're the only defendant standing, because he's repeatedly said, his, his legal team has repeatedly said he's not taking any plea deals, he's going to fight everything, um, you know, mm-hmm. tooth and, and nail till the very end. If you're the last one standing and everyone has agreed to save their skin by testifying against you, it's not a comfortable place to be. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we're talking to the great Shannon Bream, host of Fox News Sunday, the Live in the Bream podcast. Uh, I mean, listen, I've said this, the sun never sets on the Shannon Bream empire. It just, it just, it just goes. <laughs> You're b- one to talk, my friend. You probably still drive cabs on your af- off hours too, just so you don't lose your edge. <laughs> I do. You I have. material. You want to stay connected to the common man. I, I will have you know. Okay. And if I've told you this, forgive me. But during UN week, during UN week, when there's all the street closures and everyone's. Yes, and it's in, ridiculous. Yeah. I, I once, uh, in one of the car services that takes us home from Fox, had to take over the ride for a driver. Because we were, what happened was we had been diverted so many different ways that I was starting to get calls from the dispatch company saying, hey, is everything okay? We know you're not Uh on the correct route. So I said to the driver, (laughs) look, man, this is not your fault, but I am a licensed New York City cab driver and I'm very well versed in the UN uh, and the street closures. So how about I jump Mm -hmm. in the front and I will have you know, Shannon Broom, Shannon Broom, I drove myself home. Okay, not only did I drive myself home, but I still tipped the guy when I got there. How about that? How about that? You really do remember what the struggle is like. I mean, now that you're a fancy billionaire, you still get it. Shannon, the the way this interview is going, I have more of a connection to my future as a cab driver than my past. (laughs) Stop it. Listen, it's always good. We all need something to fall back on. And trust me, that's why I keep my bar license active Uh down in Florida because I'm like, I might need this one day. (laughs) I I think a plan B is then a plan C is always good. I'm that kind of person. No, I get it. I feel like you and I would might have the same vibe on that. Like, I just always want to be prepared for the worst. Uh Uh-huh. No, I live like that. It's like, have you ever met, have you ever met older people who are actually like truly rich people, but because they lived through the depression, they squirrel away everything, you know? Oh, yeah. That's why they're rich. Listen, my grandfather, um, rest his soul, Mm -hmm. uh, Philip, he would, when I was a little kid, we would go out to eat and he always, if there was, say, a bread basket Mm -hmm. on the table that everybody hadn't eaten the rolls, he wasn't leaving those there. They're going in his pocket with those little (laughs) butter packets and stuff because he's like, no one else is going to eat this. So I'm wrapping them in napkins and putting them in in my suit pocket. So Uh, That is so funny. Gramps was not messing around. No, and I can relate because I had those grandparents, but in their 70s, they actually donated all of our inheritance, maybe if we were going to get some. (laughs) They Uh donated it to animals is what they did. Oh, which is, which meaning is, not you. Which is a fancy way. actual animal. Which is a fancy way of saying they lived a mile from a racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> this was not the ASPCA. <laughs> it was not the for ASPCA. me. This was, uh, you know, they were betting Santa's little helper on Christmas Eve, Aww. if you will. But uh, well, you remember oh, well. I got lucky with Rich Strike last year. I do I remember, if you remember that. Yes, that. I do. So, we talked I mean, about it on the show. We fancied you an expert for one race. Right, that's it. You, I, you use all of your good luck, good luck and karma because I'm not a betting person. I used it on that one race, and now I can never do better than that. So, Sh- Shannon, Bream, you got to know when to hold them. You are. When to fold them. <laughs>
<laughs> when to walk away and when to run. Now, I, I, it's not fair that you quote Kenny Rogers, though, because although it's apropos, he was not a one-hit wonder, and you are. Uh, you, oh, are the, no. you are the chumba-wumba of horse racing, apparently. I was. I totally was. Um, got, there it is. I could sing it for you if you want, but that's going to cost extra. <laughs> Shannon Bream. We'll all be watching Fox News Sunday. You better believe it, girlfriend. Have a great day. I will day. see you there, my friend, Welcome. and have a fantastic weekend. Oh, I'll handle it. Thanks. You're the best. There she goes. The great Shannon Bream. Bell of the cable news ball. Nobody I like talking to more. The idea of Shannon Bream as a bartender, I wish we had more time and I could have asked her about that. She's probably a great bartender because so much of being a bartender is atmospheric. Like, you know, it was a good bartender. I'm not even kidding. Jenny Fallon was a good bartender. Like when I met her, she worked at a Longhorn Steakhouse. And like maybe twice in my life, I was there while she was working. You know, she was in college and I was out visiting her in Cleveland and uh, she had a good, good vibe, like a good energy to be a bartender. And I was, I'm not kidding, I was a bartender for one day. I bartended at JFK Airport where they were um, finishing Terminal 6 at the time, this international terminal. And I was bartending for one day at a fancy bar. Uh, one of those fancy bars where they put the measuring things on the top of the bottles. So, you know, a construction worker comes over on a shift and orders a double and you give him like an actual droplet of whiskey and charge him $28. And he looks at the glass and he's like, somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Okay, and it was a menacing enough look that I took the counter off the top of the bottle and started pouring good old fashioned whiskey. (laughs) Big pours. Heavy pours. I turned that bar into a place the good old boys would play in the Blues Brothers. Chicken wire in front of the stage by the time I was done. And then the uh, owner of the bar took a look at the output from the shift and was like, Get him out of here. (laughs) Get him out. And away I went. Back after this. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, earlier this morning, I made a 30-minute appearance on WVMT up in Vermont. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I was saying the same thing to myself the whole time. No, I love those guys. Joining us now is one of the VMT listeners, Dennis, who is in Salisbury. Dennis! Yeah, we don't get up that early in Salisbury. (laughs) Good for you. Go ahead. These... um, these Students at the Cooper oh, Union yeah. College, the mm-hmm. innocent uh, Jewish students, suppose that, you know, they were not Islamophobic or they were sl- mildly Islamophobic or they were extremely Islamophobic. Do you think they're less Islamophobic today or more? Oh, dude, it's so crazy. And it's it's obviously, you know, so funny because – what they've been trying to sell us for the last three years was like this compassionate, we are the world thing. You know, you can't wear a Halloween costume. You know, you can't say a certain, you know, and now we're like, literally it's that crowd. Like the safe space crowd is the one chasing these Jewish students into the library at Cooper union or the ones down at Tulane yesterday. That's who it is. It's the far left. And the Omar's, the Talibs and the AOCs of this world are going to say that the, 
that the Jews deciding to lock themselves in a library for protection yeah, yeah. is a sign of their Islamophobia. Yeah, no, of course, I get it. And it's that's the part of this that's so insane, is these are the people who love to use the phrase the right side of history. They love to use that phrase, the right side of history. Well, in this historic moment, they are on the side that Hitler would be rooting really hard for, really hard for. And I don't know how that squares with the right side of history. Jimmy, let me say that um, that yours is among the very best English-speaking talk radio shows whose signal I get in Salisbury, Vermont. (laughs) That's a liner. Now you can help me with my ego, Jimmy. (laughs) You are worthy. Absolutely, positively worthy. Have a great day, Dennis. You heard the plug, folks. Best English-speaking talk show in Salisbury, Vermont, which is probably the highest accolade we've risen to in the three years we've been on the air. So I will not take that praise lightly. Uh, Let me tell you, man, what Dennis is talking about, and I just want to expound on that a bit, is that we're doing this thing, okay? It's really wild. But you remember the phrase victim-blaming? Victim-blaming. That was a thing. Okay, and you couldn't say, whoa, 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 so it's the victim's fault? Do you remember, like, when Kavanaugh was getting confirmed? And they were like, all right, this guy shouldn't be a Supreme Court justice because we've got a woman here who doesn't remember when he assaulted her, doesn't remember where he assaulted her, isn't sure who was there, doesn't know how it happened. Okay, this guy should not be allowed to serve on the Supreme Court. That's what they said. And we were like, dude. Get the f*** out of here. What are you talking about? And they're like, whoa, whoa, what are we victim blaming now? Oh, so we're just going to attack the victim? We're just going to blame the victim? And the people who did that, I hate this reductive language. The same people who said this are saying that. I find myself using it on Twitter. I get so mad at myself. I'm like, what are you doing? Shut up, jerk. Because there's such incentivized conflict on Twitter. And I'm so mad if I write something that reads like I'm angry because I ain't angry, dude. I was driving a cab. I'm hosting a nationally syndicated talk show. I am laughing. Like, I come home every night and laugh. Like, my wife laughed. My kid laughed. Like, I can't believe you're still employed. How is this even a thing? Like, we have contingency plans to flee this area the minute Fox rises up. But until then, we're having a great time. So I don't want to be a guy who contributes to the anger. But there are so many things that jump out at me as just a very – I have the most minimal amount of common sense, like a minimal, okay, amount of common sense. And, you know, when I see these tactics reverse engineered, meaning they now deploy them against the other side, it's like, you know, oh, well, you can't victim blame. Okay, well, like, oh, victim blame. It's a new term. All right, I'll keep that somewhere safe. Just make sure I'm not doing it, I would suppose. And then Hamas paraglides into Israel, kills everybody, beheads a bunch of babies. Okay, and what do they do? They start blaming the victims. Oh, Israel had it coming. They, you don't understand. They're occupiers. They took over. They're oppressed. This is long in the works. This didn't happen in a vacuum. Okay, the head of the U.N. said that. The U.N. Secretary General. The U.N. Secretary General said, you know, these events didn't happen in a vacuum. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Think about that. Okay. Something Nikki Haley said in our show earlier this week. The U.N.'s doing what the U.N. does. Let me hear it for you. It's clip 41. You know, this is the U.N. doing what the U.N. always does. And keep in mind, the rest of the world's going to do this, too. I have strongly said to Israel that they need to finish them, meaning Hamas. Mm -hmm. But I also said to the world, and we need to remember this, is that we all support Israel 
because they were hit. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember, we also have to support them when they hit back. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see when Israel starts to make moves, everybody's going to condemn them. She's not wrong about that. Okay, but they're making retaliatory moves. But what's happened in the world is everyone is just trading playbooks right now. And you're getting what I guess is called victim blaming. And it's just, you know, I'm sick of it is what I'm saying. That's all. Not happy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are ready to rumble. Final hour of the week on the High Fly and Death Defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we are extra fired up this Friday because we have a guest in studio for the full hour who owes me a steak. That's a true story. I think I owe you a cow at this point. I owe you. <laughs> Superstar comedian. Uh, you watch him on the road with David Tell. I think he just got back. And he was, of course, the star of the taping of my one-hour stand-up special for Fox News. He was the, the star. It, it was a, an amazing special, and I'm sure your listeners are going to be very excited to see what you did. Ryan is trying to lower the tab on the steak tonight. I see what he's doing. <laughs> but, yes, Ryan Reese is here for the full hour, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> 888-788-9910. If you have a question, Ryan, for myself, we're going to get into a subject matter that's near and dear to our hearts, not just steak. Uh, and Lincoln Fela will not be here today because he doesn't have a game tomorrow. Did Lincoln, the Clark Rams, their final game has moved to a Monday. Why? It's so weird. I'm like, is this like a Monday night football because they're on JV? But it's not. It's like a four in the afternoon on a Monday. Game. He's on JV. Yeah. Well, they. This. If you want to hear a good story about Lincoln, in case you run into him on Long Island later, you'll appreciate this. So Lincoln uh, played JV. He's fourteen, and I know he's a big kid. He's a captain very, of his football big, team. Yes. He starts on offense and defense. But for the last game of the season, they called him up and said he would start on varsity, which hey, would now. be pretty exciting. But he's not doing it because he doesn't want to screw the senior out of his final football game on varsity, which is kind of nice. Was that your call? No, definitely not. I, was, <laughs> I feel like you were coaching that one. No, but, the, the, you know, I, I never thought of it that way. Like, if I got called up, I would have been like, yeah, I would have been so exciting. You know what I mean? Uh, but wh- by the time I was his age, I was betting on varsity or betting against varsity. <laughs> I was taking odds. I, I wasn't getting called up. I was getting called up by the police. Like, yeah. hey. They're like, hey, it's the football team. Could you not show up? Uh... <laughs> Is division shaving points in their matchup against Beth Page this weekend? So uh, Lincoln Fallow will be playing his final JV game as the captain of the team. He didn't want to leave the team. I actually respect that. Like, he's a better person than I'm raising him to be. Would you not agree that I, that's I Jenny's can't believe work? he's your kid. <laughs> captain of the football team. Sounds like he's going to go to a good college. Like, what's Whoa. going on? Brian with the perfect segue. I don't think there is such a thing as a good college anymore. I used to make fun of myself. Uh, for going to Nassau Community College. But when you look at the behavior on these campuses this week, like Jews being barricaded into the library in the Cooper Union, we're having a flood Brooklyn for Gaza tomorrow where the mayor has advised Jewish people to stay home for their own safety. Like, that's not America. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is that not a little out there, Ryan? It's No, it's, it's, it's uh, the whole thing's uh, completely bizarre. Considering that most of the donors are, are Jewish themselves. Yeah, well, they're the, starting to speak up. They should. <laughs> they, wait a minute. So I'm giving all of this money to people who want to kill my people. Yeah. It kind of seems counterproductive to the cause. I'll give you the clip, but this is the reason we're going to talk about this. Uh, so I played this earlier, okay, but it was billionaire donor. Uh, Leon Cooperman is a hedge fund guy, went to Columbia. It's so the kind of guy that would book us to do a private gig in the city. Every once in a while. On his com- couch? Yeah. We'd have to stand on his couch and every be like, one, hey. Every once in a while as a comedian who works in New York, if you're like you're a pretty decent act, 
uh, you get brought in to do like a private gig for 20 people and you're literally in someone's living room. Yeah, someone's penthouse. But what's so amazing about it, and this is my favorite thing about those gigs, is there is this this classist thing where they're like, they're like no, no, you don't go in through the main door. You go up through the service elevator. We'll bring you on when we're ready for you, and then we'll show you out. I just did one of those last Wednesday. I did one of those a month ago at uh, Cipriani, <laughs> and they were like, can you go in through the service entrance? And I was like, what? <laughs> like less than a person. What? But what? that's the beauty of being a comic is because you are less than a person, but for 30 minutes, you are a god in that room. You are the, you're in charge. Yeah. And they respect it, and it's, like, it's funny. It's the almost- audience doesn't know that they sent you up in uh, you know, the, uh, the, the service <laughs> elevator or <laughs> – Hey, you could you know. take the fire escape in? Because uh... you know, uh, have you seen Spider Man? You know he crawls <laughs> up the side of the building. If you could do that, so uh, here's Leon Cooperman, a guy who has not booked Ryan and I at a private event, but should know that we're both available, very available. Should the opportunity arise, here's Cooperman uh, talking about college kids. Clip seventeen. I think these kids at the colleges have for brains. Here we have one reliable ally in the Middle East. That's Israel. We only have uh, one democracy in the Middle East. That's Israel. Okay, and we have one economy tolerant of different people, you know, gays, lesbians, etc. And that's Israel. So they have no idea what these young kids are doing. And he has a good point there, by the way, about tolerance. Because mm. you've seen all the people that are like, we're LGBTQ plus. That's so dumb. That's so, that's, that, that, that's insane. <laughs> that is literally chickens for Popeyes. Uh, they would kill you if you showed up. No, they actually have the laws on the books that say being gay is illegal. Like, it's an actual law. <laughs> so my favorite thing in the world, Megan Rapino, who's the soccer player, the grifter soccer player, kneels for the anthem, makes all the money. She's married to an, she's married to a woman. She is a lesbian, okay, married to an Israeli woman, and she supports Hamas. I'm like, if you are to Hamas, like if they had organized shooting ranges, you'd be the most popular target for sale, That's you know? Not- That's going to be an awkward dinner, though. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to wear the pro Hamas (laughs) T-shirt the whole night? (laughs) You bring her home to see the parents. That's not good. Ryan Reese is in studio. But, yeah, they wouldn't tolerate them. But here's the rest of the clip, and this is the part I wanted you to hear. It's clip 18. Now, the real shame is I've given to Columbia probably about $50 million over many years, and I'm going to suspend my giving. I'll give my giving to other organizations. But I told them that they should fire this professor that made the comments he made. I mean, war is hell. It's, war is not good for anybody. But to praise what Hamas did is disgraceful. Good for him. But $50 million, by the way. You, but we both had the same reaction when you said that. I, I, think, I think we should announce that we're starting our college. That is very, <laughs> very pro-Israel. It's called Heineken University. <laughs> yeah, we might not want a German name. <laughs> but uh, we are, we're very pro-Israel. Very Send pro-Israel. us as much money as you can, Mr. Cooperman. We will take it. But uh, the reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is when we started in comedy, we've seen this whole metamorphosis come full circle. When we started doing stand-up, the best road gig you could have gotten 15 years ago was a college gig. Terrific gig, yeah. It paid the best, number one, probably because of people like Leon Cooperman who were giving them these big endowments to their activities committees. But the bigger thing, and no one can fathom this, they always think I'm making this up, is you could say anything at a college. In 2005, you could say anything at a college. Yes, if you were a good comedian, you could say anything yes. at, a, at a college. Yes. They would go with you. Yeah. yeah, that's the point. If you were killing, you were crushing, you make fun of anyone, you make fun of anything, they were fine. There were no boundaries. Around 2012, 2013, as social media became more prevalent in our lives, college gigs became that other thing where you showed up and the list of things you couldn't say was longer than your act. If you like, you could have read the list and that would have been your 45 minutes. 
Which did might you, have. Go ahead. Did you ever get a complaint? I had this is a funny story. I had one complaint. I believe it was in Castleton, Vermont. It's a great story. Me and Chuck Miganelli. I don't even remember old Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Big Steelers fan. He palled around with Florentine. He was on Crank Yankers on Comedy oh, Central. Yeah, yeah, he played yeah, one yeah. of the puppets on Crank Yankers. Chuck, great guy. Uh, I believe we were in Castleton, Vermont. And uh, I did an hour. And someone came up to me at the end of the set. And I'm like, I, I, just, I just want you to know you heard a lot of gay people with your comments tonight. And I was like, my God, that's crazy. I said, between you and me, I don't know if you're com- confusing me with another act. I'm like, but I was taping my set. Because I'm, you know, trying to edit and make improvements, and I didn't mention gay people or the gay community once in an hour and ten minutes, and they're like, people are upset, and they walked away, and I was like, hey, it's between you and me, I'm like, I will give you if you sit here and listen to this set a hundred dollars for every time I said the word gay, and they were like, no, I just, I just want you to know people are hurt, and I don't want to deal with this, and they walked away, and in my head, I was like, something's happening in this country right now, where they're training people to seek offense. And voicing their outrage kind of became this vigilante thing where it didn't help anybody because in that instance it was fake. But it was the incentivized outrage where people could point to areas where someone was aggrieved like they were heroic for, for avenging them. Well, it's interesting because it's the, similar things have happened to me, but they're not – they're not facts. It's how you made them feel. Yeah, yeah, of So course. it's not something you said because you may not have said anything. Yeah. They just – they felt. That's funny. So you're saying the fact that I was wearing capri pants? They felt you were mocking- – I was not. You stop it. Uh, Ryan Reese is in studio. But now it's amazing because a place that went from say anything – I mean Carlin on Campus – was filmed at UCLA in 1984, and the premise for Carlin on Campus was these are the only people in society that can have their views challenged on such a profound level without freaking out. That was the sale for Carlin on Campus. He had to tape it at a college because anybody else in polite society would have been like, hell no! Yeah, absolutely. And he opens with AIDS jokes. He opens with 10 minutes on AIDS. It actually what he opens with, Carlin on Campus, if you guys go check it out. He opens with a sketch where a nun throws him out of a classroom. Okay? He's the nun and he's the student. He's the class clown. That's what the sketch is called. And when he gets thrown out of the classroom, he looks into the camera and goes, well, now that I don't have to go to class, I can go where I've always wanted to go. And he walks into the women's room. (laughs) And then from the women's room door, he walks out onto the stage and gets a big laugh and everybody loves it because the idea of a man in a women's room was comical back then. Sure. Imagine Carlin on campus today would be called Carlin on fire. They'd actually burn down the campus. Oh, they'd be furious. But this is the question, and I, I guess this is what we're trying to diagnose, Ryan, is we went from you, can't, you can say anything to you can't say anything to kill the Jews. How did we get here on a college campus? It's, I mean, considering also, think about, think about NYU. Yes. That's a stern business school. Yeah. That is, that's Jewish. Uh, well, yeah. Tish. That's yeah, Jewish. The Jew- yeah, that's it's sponsored. The Jewish name's on the building. Yeah. I mean, the best example of that. This is what probably one of my favorite experiences I've ever had in television because it was so stupid I couldn't articulate it. Um, we had a small-time guy here named Tucker Carlson. Most people listening never heard of him, but mm. you know I like to give this struggling people a bump. But uh, I was on his show once, and I was covering a story where a student at George Washington University wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post saying it was time to cancel George Washington. <laughs> I was like, dude... I'm like, that is a North Pole elf saying it's time to whack Santa. I'm like, it's all you got. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, man. But that's where we are. Why do you think that is? This is what I think happened. I think we're living in the most intellectually lazy time Mm -hmm. there's ever been to be alive, where politics and social justice and stuff, now it's it's not a thought, it's a brand. 
You know, people used to have views. Now they have brands. They find out, oh, the trendy brand is Palestine. You know, it's actually cooler to say it with Palestine. They're oppressed. That's the social justice jargon. So you always want to be on the side of the oppressed, even if the oppressed happens to paraglide in and behead a bunch of babies. <laughs> you know, they are oppressed. You know, you stand. I mean, time was somebody was oppressed. They could behead 41 babies. We all got the, you know, and that's what it's become. And they're not actually uh, beholden to any values or any like thought process, because when people say, you know, like, oh, Israel, you know, they, they stole the land. Israel was there thousands of years before them. So they're not, in theory, you know, oppressing them or taking away their land. But even when it comes back to the argument of stolen land, there's not a every, – every land is stolen. Every, whoever the OG guy is on whatever piece of land you're listening to this on right now, somebody came in and killed all of them and took it. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. There is no original founding father on a piece of land anywhere in the world that I can think of. Can you? Oh, God, no. Probably not, no. right? No no OGs. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, in the basketball court, you got to look at society like that. It's like a basketball court where the winners stay on the court. Yeah. <laughs> we got next. And that's how it works. Somebody started a colony somewhere and somebody else was like, we got next. And then they beat them. And away it went. And it's not pretty, but that's the world. It's human nature. So I don't know how we fix it, but that's what we're going to explore next. Ryan Reese in studio for the full hour on Fox Across America. That's what we're doing right now. It's a thing, and it's going to continue to be a thing. So don't go anywhere, girlfriend. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have decided to have a gentleman in studio for a full hour that has drank more wine in my backyard than I have. I got a bad feeling about this. No way. Ryan <laughs> Reese, very presentable. Uh, you wouldn't know that he's drank more, you know, but well, he, he shows up. Good, fa- good friend of the Fallon family. Hey, it's a good backyard. It, solid it deserves yard. to be drinking. No, solid yard. We have a really good drinking yard. It's so one thing Jenny and I did well. Like, we're not happy. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I like that you took credit for that. She, re, she redid the whole backyard. And you're oh, like, we, we did it right. Nothing to do with it. Jenny brought in the brick guy. The only thing I contributed to is if you're ever going to get brick worked on everybody listening, the you know, you, you want the heaviest Italian accent allowable by law. The less of his speech you understand, the better the brickwork is going to be. That's what you want. You want an old Italian guy who's an artist and annoyed. Yeah, and annoyed. <laughs> he's in a bad mood all the if time. If he's in a bad mood, you got a good price. <laughs> That's if, right. If he's happy, you're getting robbed. <laughs> it's the things you need to know. If you're going to live life in the suburbs, me and Ryan can give you some tricks of the trade. Uh, we're talking about everything. It's an all-skate. It's Friday. Uh, we will get into some of your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, the whole shebang, shabu. 888-788-9910. Right now, the conversation centered around colleges because Ryan and I started playing colleges. That's what we were doing. We were playing colleges. We were making, you know, making a couple of bucks. And uh, the one thing about the college gig is the gigs that paid the guests were usually the worst, like you were doing a nooner. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that was a memory I was trying to suppress. <laughs> Folks, and I'll let Ryan take it from here. A nooner is you're performing in the cafeteria at a commuter school. Yes. 
But there's there's two there's two versions of that. Yep. There's the version where you show up and there's absolutely no one there. None, zero. <laughs> and the second version is you're standing on a lunch table and no one has any idea what you're doing. They haven't promoted <laughs> the show. Because they didn't know there was even going to be yes. comedy. Yeah. They're just there between periods prepping for the next class. And now some guy is insulting the kitchen staff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that, this is funny, you guys. The way you turn that into a show is you have to build a consensus of people paying attention to you. So it's starts with you engaging the people closest to the stage. That's usually the kitchen staff. Yeah. So now you're just murdering the guy working the cash register or whoever the one chef is that's paying attention. And then from there, once you've engaged that 10% of the audience, you build out, correct? Yes, but you also have people coming in and out that have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's the worst feeling about a nooner is when uh, you actually have a room, but then they have to go to class. <laughs> you're back to performing. It ends the way it started. The two worst shows, I'm talking my soul was in a fetal position. Uh, Erie North and Erie South up near Buffalo. The one campus is where the Buffalo Bills play. Like mm-hmm. the parking for the campus is across the street from Rich Stadium and Orchard Park. And uh, I did two gigs there, back-to-back days. I was home on Long Island without any of those students knowing what I had come to their campus to do. I couldn't even say I bombed because they have no idea I was even there to attempt comedy. Nobody even looked at me. It was great. I did a, uh, was it, it, I want to say maybe Mohawk, Mohawk Valley. Yeah, Mohawk Valley. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was way up there. And uh, WIBX it, listeners know Mohawk Valley. Go okay. ahead. And it was in a cafeteria, and I knew I was in trouble because the guy who was running the show gave me my check up front and said, uh, I got to go do something. <laughs> and I went, What? Where Do you remember you in The Godfather when Sonny goes to the toll and the guy ducks, yeah. the toll worker, yeah. and then he gets shot? <laughs> Ryan pulled up to pay the toll. They slammed the window shut and ducked. Got on stage. I had Alex Alex Edelman was opening okay. for me. Uh, and uh, he got off real quick. He never gets off stage. He mm-hmm. got off real quick. So I go on. Some kid in the back stands on his chair and just starts yelling at me, telling me I'm not funny. Oh, wow. And then another kid in front starts yelling at him. They were fighting each other. The police showed up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They had to escort me to my car. <laughs> and they later told me, they said, well, it's a, it's a community college. We opened the cafeteria to the public, not just the students. Oh so those goodness. may have been gang members. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Ryan Reese is here, like myself, crushing it on the college circuit. I've I'm a- available, though, Mohawk, if, 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 that <laughs> Mohawk, still, if, if that gig's still happening, I'm open. He'll be up there. No, he's very doable. I've done everything up there, SUNY IT, Rome, you know, every college oh. near Utica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Utica's like yeah, a college the hotbed, hotbed. The hotbed. And, of course, uh, my favorite comedy club, Fat Cats, which I will not be appearing at in November. We're going to be at the Stanley Theater up the road. Uh, but I've been lied to. Peepers is not in business anymore, Ryan. What's oh, the no. point of How do you take away Peepers? You know what I mean? Pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic got peepers, man. Come on. What the hell is the world coming I don't know. Uh, but more hijinks with the lovely and talented Ryan Reese when we come back right here on the big, bad, one and only gluten-free Fox Across America. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ryan Reese in the studio as well. He's talking about the world. It's Friday. The world's on fire. <laughs> like, let's book a comedian, roast a couple of marshmallows, <laughs> have a good time. Folks, you got to laugh, man. I mean, that's the one, the one thing, man. I was supposed to be hosting Fox News Saturday night this Saturday night. 
Uh, but I'm not hoping they're canceling the show because we've got a war going on and there's live coverage of that war that people need to see. Uh, and I obviously get it. You're running the TV networks. So we got to do. Um, but off the air, we still have to laugh like as comedians, like we still have to go to comedy clubs, you know, and, and do funny things. Because what you realize in times like this is comedy clubs get more crowded. Yeah, they do. Way more crowded. Like in a post 9-11 New York, what was everybody in New York doing? As odd as this sounds today, they were going to comedy clubs. Yeah, they were. And they, as, were they were open. And as unfathomable as this sounds today, what were all the comedians telling jokes about? The Not, towers, yeah. Yeah, 9-11. That's what they, and it's, people can't even process that in their brains in this day and age, but that's what everyone was doing. And it wasn't because they were mocking victims. It was just that people needed like an escape from the trauma of the event, and we were living in a new world. Like prior to 9-11, we didn't have the crawl on the bottom of the TV screen. You know what I mean? Lower third, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have any of that stuff going on. You didn't have the color alerts and everything like that, the TSA pat-downs, which is unfortunate. I'm not pro-terrorist, obviously, but I'm pro-pat-down. Yeah, no, I, no, yeah, that's why I, I go to the airport. Some of the hands I'm a on lonely those fellas, man. I mean, man. <laughs> Ryan Reese, he doesn't even fly anywhere. He just no. goes to the airport. I just, I just hug the agent. Because once they find out you don't have a ticket, you get, you get extra pat-downs. Like this guy. This guy needs help. Uh, let me throw one at you, Ryan. Dean Phillips, a Minnesota congressman. Okay. Dean Phillips in September was on the Steve Schmidt podcast. Is this the same Steve Schmidt from the Lincoln Project, those dirtbags? I don't know if it, it is. And those are just dirtbags. They're not the Lincoln Project in the sense of my son Lincoln. Uh, yeah. That would be almost respectable. Okay. They are below that. Uh, but here is Dean Phillips, Minnesota congressman, in September talking to Steve Schmidt, clip two. I am thinking about it. I haven't ruled it out. I think it's a steep slope. You know that. I think there are people who are more proximate, better prepared to campaign with national organization, national name recognition, which I do not possess. But I do feel strongly and I have a conviction that uh, it's important for democracy to have choices, uh, to have competition, particularly in light of what I'm reading, the polling, the data, and what I'm sensing in my own intuition. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned that there is no alternative. I'm concerned that something could happen between now and next November that would make the Democratic Convention in Chicago an unmitigated disaster. And for a party that is acting as the adults in the room, I'm concerned that we are not as it relates to our electoral strategy. So I'm considering it. I do still think there's some time for somebody to enter. I'm still encouraging others who I think are better prepared right now to run a great campaign. But I have thought about it. And I recognize there'd be laughter, there'd be distaste, there would be disgust amongst many. But I also have that sense uh, that that the country is begging for alternatives. So that is Dean Phillips back in September saying he's thinking about running against Biden because the polling is bad and the country needs an alternative. Do you know what he announced today, Ryan Reese? What did he announce? That he's running against Biden. Bingo. Dean Phillips from the great state of Minnesota. I've never heard of him either. Uh, he is in, he's, no, but he's, he is officially in the race. Here's the clip, clip one. We've got some challenges, that's for sure. We're going to repair this economy. And we are going to repair America as long as we do it together. I'm Dean Phillips, and I approve this message. Whoa. So Dean Phillips. Is this the sausage guy? (laughs) He is primarying Joe Biden. Now, this is what's interesting, okay, because RFK Jr. was running as a Democrat until they told them, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, you don't understand. I am. And they're like, no, you're not. Don't don't make us – don't make the government have to tell a Kennedy how to behave again. (laughs) So he became an independent. He read the writing on the wall of the uh, overpass by the book depository and was like, all right, no, maybe not. And he's running as an independent. Marianne Williamson is running as a joke, I believe. I don't know. The crazy moon bat lady. 
And uh, now Dean Phillips is officially primarying him in the Democratic Party. It'll be interesting to see if they actually acknowledge this is going on. But the question is, like, I'm not surprised because Biden's old. He's historically unpopular. His poll numbers in the last month, Biden's, with Democrats, just Democrats, went down 11 points. Do you think it's because he supports Israel? No, I, I think they think he's weak and he can be taken down. So there's a, they just think it's losable. So here's my question, though. So when these people decide to run mm-hmm. for president, they take in donations. And yes. they can use those donations for their campaign for anything related to the campaign. Mm-hmm. So isn't this really just a, a money-making thing? What well, are they? I, I don't think, doubt for a second he wants to win, though, if only because, yes, there'll be money. There'll be gold in them hills. But at the same time, when you're looking at the condition of the country, I mean, we've lived through a lot of weird individual events in our lifetime. Worst terror attack in history. If you're our age, okay, that's what we've lived through. 27? (laughs) (laughs) Love comedians. So uh, we've lived through that. We've lived through the housing crash. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we're living in an environment right now that's like a lot of those type things at once. It's very unique. Like, we lived through COVID. Trump. Yeah, that's... And that was its own thing. And we lived through the ri- the riots of the George Floyd riots and everything like that. So but the tail end of the Trump administration with the combination of covid and, you know, the George Floyd riots definitely felt like a level of unrest we had never encountered. But we weren't doing it with the economic problems of like things were three dollars more or gas was more expensive or the border was wide open to boot like right now. There's a lot going wrong, man. Like there's a you know what I'm saying? And I actually don't think that I, I, I don't think there's any chance this is a Trump Biden rematch. I, I don't think there's any way they both wind up on the ticket. I I'm still curious about Hillary. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think she's out. You know I who don't. else is you know who else is curious about Hillary? Hillary. A hundred percent she is Hillary. She's putting that hot sauce back in the purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yeah. She'd come down in a second. Uh, and she would. She wants to run again. So they all do. I think what they're mad about right now is with a war breaking out, you know, the old you don't switch horses in the middle of the race. It's hard. They, Biden can't just announce right now he's not running. But they're trying to announce it for him. Like Gavin Newsom went to Beijing this week. The governor of California goes to China and goes to Israel. You know, like you do when you're the governor of an American state. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but the curious timing of this, very interesting. And the fact that he did it and now we have people jumping into primary Biden tells me on some level he might have been trying to head him off at the pass. Yeah, but California's in, tr- like, not great shape. Like, people are leaving. They have no <laughs> money. Like, what you can't point to, you can't even turn a camera on and point to California and be like, look at what I did. No, can't. Well, that's why he was, like, buying billboards in Florida, just trashing DeSantis for all the Disney fights and stuff. Because if you're going to run, you run on the other guy. I was yeah. making this point earlier. The Democratic strategy is they don't give anybody something to vote for. They give somebody something to vote against. That was the 2020 election. Just vote against Trump. I'm like, what's up with the Biden guy? You, you shut your mouth. He's home. <laughs> you don't ask, what are you, a white supremacist? Shut, you vote against Trump. And that's what they did. I mean, he did not com- campaign in the summer of 2020. Have you never seen – you don't know a person who's the president of their fantasy football league who campaigned less than Joe Biden did. A president of the PTA. Okay, Biden didn't even get on the group chat. He did nothing and became the president. But that's how they would run Newsom. We wouldn't talk about the fact that California is the world's largest outdoor toilet. You know, it's disgusting. Yeah. But we wouldn't talk about it. We'd be like, well, racism, uh, reparations, you know what I mean? America, tolerance, inclusion. And uh, don't mind that wing of my party that wants to kill the Jews. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> they got a big problem. Like the yeah, Democrats they do. need the Jewish people, and they're pushing them away. Young people, minorities. You know, when Ice Cube starts saying, what have the Democrats ever done for us? You know? 
But I uh, that that's where this is going to get dicey for them. So I don't know that like Dean Phillips has a path, but I know that Biden doesn't have one. Like it's weird. Like so Trump is winning in battleground states in like Bloomberg polls. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This isn't one of those like uh, Mar-a-Lago.net, you know, poll that says Trump is winning with 427 percent of the votes. I mean, you can find those on Twitter. This is a Bloomberg poll that says he's beating Biden in seven battleground states right now. And he's under 91 criminal indictments in the history of politics. Ryan, for as long as we've lived, if a politician got indicted, he did what? He gave a speech immediately where he said he wanted to spend more time with his family. He resigned, and then him and his mistress flew to an all-inclusive, you know, and he got back to the family eventually. But that's how politics traditionally works. What about that guy who just yelled too much and he had to quit the race? Oh, man. Oh, Howard Dean? Yeah. (laughs) Ah! Yeah, they were like, no, you're out. But it's a different (laughs) – you got out. It was weird. Nobody liked it. You got to go. Well, he just tanked. But uh, Bob Menendez was indicted, of course, stood his ground. They wound up getting a hung jury. And then what did he do? He went out and got himself indicted again. But still no resignation. It's a different world in our politics. And I think it's all a sad commentary on our belief in institutions in this country. Like Trump's indicted 91 times. The reason it's not hurting him in the polls is because for whatever you think of him or his tweets or his character, people absolutely think that the Justice Department in this country is beneath his character because of things like the Mueller probe and stuff like that. So he is by no stretch out of it. But I think as a gambler, and you know that's where this comes from, I don't assess anything with emotion. Just nothing. Because, you know, the rent doesn't care how you feel. Okay, mm. if it's a, it's due on the first, whether you feel good or you feel bad. So when it, you're betting a football game, if everybody's listening at home, that's also why they tell you not to bet with your heart. You don't bet on your own team because sometimes you get misguided into betting on what you want you want to happen, not what you think will happen. You follow that so far? Yeah. That, what I'm saying is I'm willing to bet against Lincoln's football team. <laughs> like when, when, when Lincoln's football team played my alma mater, Division Avenue, I, I could be honest. And like, that's why you want him to go to varsity. You're like <laughs> he's only 14. He's gonna. He's it's the greatest text message in the history of the show, Dave Manning, uh, an affiliate rep for all the Fox News radio shows, uh, texted me during the last commercial break. He's like, the kid's got to play varsity. What are you doing? He's like, go play varsity. They got called up the varsity. He's like, screw the seniors. Go play varsity. And I think that's, that's the mindset you're supposed to have to get ahead in this world. So is Lincoln too soft for not playing varsity this weekend because he didn't want to screw the seniors out of a job? Like, you're going to see Lincoln tonight. What are you going to tell him? Pass the wine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to give life advice. Look where my life is. Are you crazy? <laughs> you don't want to be the homeless guy giving stock tips, Ryan? Listen, I'm on, I'm on a flight to Tampa to marry a stripper. What are you doing? <laughs> He's not kidding. If you're listening on WHBO, you may see Ryan coming soon to a wedding near you. We oh, don't have boy. a venue or a girl picked out. We, oh, <laughs> we just have boy. a plane ticket yeah. bought. You know how it works down there. At the, uh, I took my family to a classy place called the Dollhouse. Where, you know, Jenny was into Barbies and stuff like that. I'm not kidding. Jenny's never been to the dollhouse. You know who's been to the dollhouse? Mikey, right there. Guy who just held his hand up uh, right there in the control room. Mikey went to the dollhouse, had the most legendary night in strip club history. Mikey, you're welcome to chip in at this point in time um, and talk to us about some of your exploits in the dollhouse. Ask, mm-hmm. Answer me this. Are you allowed back into the dollhouse? No. <laughs> we, we tried the next night. They didn't listen. Well, what happened the next night, okay, is we were down there doing a radio event. We were, I was at the Tampa Improv. We have a great crowd, sold out, rowdy as hell. We actually took an entourage to the dollhouse afterwards. After we did the meet and greet and took all the pictures, we went to the dollhouse. And I, the first thing that happened at the door when I was walking in, the guy was like, hey, Jimmy, I love you on Fox. I'm like, 
I will be over here in the corner the rest of the night, and I was just in charge of procuring dances for Mikey, and that was <laughs> my gig. And we had a phenomenal time, spent a lot of money. But by the time we got out of the dollhouse, our car had been locked in the garage at the comedy club because they all went home, but Mikey stayed out that late. So late, in fact, that we have a noon show the following day. Ugh. I don't. Did you make it to the start of the show? You did, right? The show was in the hotel room. That's we, the only reason I made it. He only made it because the show we were broadcasting remotely from the hotel we were staying in, and he almost didn't make that. And I listen. I'm not judging him because you know who else almost didn't make that? Me. And the show was in my room. That's how rowdy we got in Tampa. What did you do not to be allowed back in? No, he's kidding. He's just being silly. But we had a guy. Maybe maybe they said for your own good you're not allowed back in. He didn't like cause maybe. trouble or anything. It was just a particularly like buoyant scene. People the lights came back on. That's how late we were. <laughs> we were there. Oh, no. We actually were there. Oh, no. Lights the on. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, no. Rough. Rough. You know what I'm saying? And, uh... Yeah, you're not supposed to be there. It's like seeing a possum during the day. You know, if they're out at that hour, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. So Mikey and I got out of the dollhouse. We had to be Ubered home without our vehicle. I think we was... stopped at Wawa on the way home. Oh, you right? damn right we did. But it was the only <laughs> thing open. Not only did we stop at Wawa, Mikey, but we stopped at a Wawa in Clearwater. Yes. Because there was nothing open between where we were and, and freaking Clearwater. We drove over that peninsula. Yep. But it was good living. And now you're Scientologist. (laughs) And now we're Scientologist. We went to a Wawa in Clearwater. I'm going to be in a Hollywood movie picture now. Uh, There's a lot going on. Uh, But the point is, uh, I was talking to Ryan Reese uh, about the world because we know things. There is, as a gambling man, because that's where this conversation started, there is no way I can assess a field with this many vulnerabilities and believe in my mind that it would be smart to bet on a Biden-Trump matchup. I'm not saying who's going to win. I'm saying the only thing I would bet right now is that they won't be the matchup. One guy is under 91 criminal indictments. Even if we think he was a much better president than Biden and he has incredible support, we would be naive to go, oh, no, it's automatic. He's got it. Of course it's not automatic. Uh, the other side of this is Biden. Okay, He's, mm-hmm. If you're getting primaried in your own party, okay, that's not common. The last guy to get primaried was Jimmy Carter. How many terms did he do? One. Yeah. You know, so that's not a not a good sign. So there's no way I could bet on both. Yeah, I think it's the war, though, also. Yeah. You know, I think we want a stronger. Yeah. Makes people want somebody in there more formidable. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what he, he, did, he did earlier in the week is one of the funniest things in the world. So he's going out to address the world. It's a Bidenomic summit, but he's going to make comments about Israel. And, you know, when you're the president, every event begins with someone saying, like, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States of America. So the other day, Biden walks up to the podium first and goes, good afternoon, folks. Uh, Sorry, I forgot. Marcus is going to introduce me. I'm not introducing myself. And then Marcus is like, the president of the United States of America. And everybody's got to be like, all right. Like, that's crazy. He's not with it. (laughs) He's not, man. And I think occasionally, because he's doing like joint press conferences, I think occasionally they might either shoot him up with B12 to give him more energy. Or there is a story about how he got through the next press, the, the last press conference with the Australian Prime Minister that I'm going to tell you when we come back. How about that for a tease? Mm. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ryan Reese here as well because he owes me a steak. That's a real thing. It's going to happen today. Well, that's a big deal. I'm so hungry. 
If you listen to the show, you know I had to starve to film my stand-up special. I don't know why I tell that story, because it's not like they're going to watch it and go, hey, you look skinny. It's like if you had a gym in your house, you shouldn't tell people that because then they expect you to be in shape. I don't mean to get your hopes up if you're going to watch the stand-up special thinking you're seeing some svelte comic. Uh, but you'll see a slightly smaller version of me. But Ryan Reese is here. He owes me a steak. We're in the bottom of the ninth. So a story just emerged on FoxNews.com that when Biden did his joint presser with the Australian prime minister earlier in the week, he had once again had a note card with the pictures of the journalists and their names. So that's not a press conference. Like, that's a theater. Yeah, you dig? of course. But when you see stuff like that going on now, there's no way anyone in good conscience could say that the person who needs that now has another five years in them. No, not at all. I mean, I don't think he's... So this is the question. Does he have another five months? This is the question, though. I know, it's hilarious. It's crazy. But it's as he, Ryan goes, does he have another five months? But this is the question. Okay, and to, well, to answer your question, does he have another five months? The answer would be no. Probably not. Uh, but anyway, there is a thing going on behind the scenes right now, though, where the people that are in charge who will make this decision for him, you really have to like, hey, can we pull this off? You know what I'm saying? And, it's going to uh, be a lot of work. I know, but it's got to be so funny behind the scenes right now, no? Just to know we're living in an America where the president is managed. He's 100% managed behind the scenes. Of course. Just think about all the books that are going to be written. All these people that were like, I was uh, When, when uh, they admit Biden's... to stuff. Yeah, 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 in 10 years, they're going to admit, no, I cut his food. I was in charge mm-hmm. of cutting his food and tying his shoes. She was in charge of putting on the taser collar in case he called people Batman. We'd train him. He... Before he'd go on stage, we'd, we'd, we'd ask him to talk, and if he called himself Batman, we'd zap him till he I, got I it. I trained the dog to attack people so it would distract from his Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reese owes me a steak. The weekend is over. Enjoy President Batman. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.